Hi, this is Mark Ayers. I'm the Illinois State Director for the Humane Society of the United States, and you're listening to 1590 WCGO, Chicago Smart Talk. The Mike Nowak Show starts in 3, 2, 1. Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. After 20 years, still Chicago's only deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Saturday morning on 1590 WCGO. Chicago's Smart Talk. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. True currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine. Well, good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. Clean beaches and They're not Robin and Marion. They're not even Robin and Batman. But they are a dynamic duo. Here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Don't make the mics live yet. <laughs> no, I, it's fine. Hold that thought. Uh, hold that, yeah. Okay. So if you were waiting to watch us on Facebook Live this morning, um, probably not. Yeah, and it's a good thing he didn't turn the mic live about 20 seconds earlier. Because uh, I'm not happy. We can't make this happen. How come, so how come Ron can run Facebook Live for three hours and we can't, and then it tells us we can't connect here? Huh? Uh, really? You know, we can blame Ben. And Sonar, Sonar's like out of the country, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, this a, is all Ben's fault because he's not here. No, I'm not going to blame Brandon. Brandon. No, Ben. Ben. Oh, I know. Well, yeah, I suppose so this we This is can. Ben's fault. He's not here. All right. So, all right. Bring that down. Get that. Get that out of there. Get that out. Just get that out of there. Just no more. No more. No mas. No mas. Okay. So, no Facebook. That's okay. So you can follow us on Twitter. Tweet to us. Yeah, please do. Welcome. Uh, dry. Hurricanes. Acorns. Acorns. Yeah. Let's see. Look at you. No, that does, that's not very loud at all. Well, that's because it's hitting this. You have to hit metal She with brought it. in so many acorns, you know, kind of... Uh, white oak. White oak. And you say it doesn't usually produce that many? This now, tree doesn't, typically. Okay. Well, the bur, bur oaks, so white it tell, oaks... So it's telling us that it's the end of the world? It's... Usually they do it when they're trying to survive, and then they produce all these... Yeah. Either that or the squirrels are they're trying to fatten up the squirrels, one of the two. So uh, get ready for Armageddon. You thought mm-hmm. that uh, if you lived uh, uh, in Texas or Florida that it was happening, but uh, nope, it's it's actually coming to the Midwest because your white oak is producing prodigious amounts. Well, and it's not just my tree. If I walk up and down the block there, because we do have a lot of oaks in the neighborhood, and I can't hear myself. There we are. Um, there's acorns everywhere, all over the sidewalks, all over the streets. I don't recall seeing this many acorns in many, many years. Wow. Weird. Yeah. Well, you know that they're cyclical. They yeah. they do this when they they feel like it's they need to reproduce because X, Y, or Z. I don't know. I'd be curious to find out why they think there's so many this year. And and that's that's a subject for uh, one of our uh, one of our tree guys, one of our arborists. Yep. Uh, so. We'll, uh, we'll certainly have to do that. I could drop it on that table, and it would probably sound like what it sounds like at two in the morning. Right, hold on, I'll bring I'm bringing my, my microphone over since we don't have a visual. We'll do audio. Here we go. Drop it on the table here. Yeah, that was pretty good. Constantly Let me do into that. the gutters, okay, onto wait. the roof. So this is all night long, <laughs> all day, all night. Yes. <laughs> give me, give me, give me all of those. All right. So this is. This is see what you're missing on Facebook. This Live. is Peggy's house at night when she's trying to sleep and get ready for the show. So it's like that, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although usually not that frequency. Oh, it'll be silent. All of a sudden, wham! Oh, the bomb dropped. Wham, bam! Thank you, ma'am. Although, Here we go. and and I'm curious because. 
one of our listeners posted a photo of an owl that he saw in the city uh, in Facebook. But I have had a an screech owl, owl okay. outside almost every night, too. And heard a, <laughs> I've heard a lot of owls See, lately. There's, there's really no advantage to living in the suburbs at all. Acorns, screech owls, that sort of thing. But with the, the increased amount of owls, the increased amount of acorns, lots of skunks, what does this tell us, Grasshopper? I don't know. Uh, it means Armageddon, <laughs> like I said. The we'll world, ask the, Mr. The, DeMaio. The world is coming to an end, and we, uh, we, we need to know. Yeah, and DeMaio has sent us more hurricane maps. Now, I can't figure out which is which, so that's not helpful, but um, he will tell us that. But, uh, you know, they're churning out in the, the Atlantic, and uh, it looks like um, Jose might actually sideswipe the United States. But there's another one. What's the other one? Uh, there's Norma, and I don't know what the M storm is. Okay. So, call it Mike. We, we Have we had a Michael hurricane yet? I think we I don't have. know. Can you look that up, Brandon? Not have a good one. we had one. a Hurricane Michael? Not a good one. Uh, anyway. Uh, welcome to the show today. I don't have my... Is this my cheat sheet? There's your cheat sheet. All right. Thank you. Um, and But I know who's on anyway, and it's Juanita Irizarry who is the executive director of Friends of the Parks, because that whole saga continues. They had a big meeting on the south side just two days ago. November when? November 6, 2001, was Hurricane uh, Hurricane Michelle. Never mind. Michelle. I thought it was Thank Michael. you. Was it Michael? <laughs> All right. Yeah, I know. Jeez. We're going to break a second. Anyway, when we come back here, uh, Juanita Irizarry, we're going to talk about Jackson Park, uh, the Obama Library, uh, the possible golf course. Um, are they doing it right? Is there transparency? Stick around. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We'll be right back. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color perms and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne keratin smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty, you no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. The Scarce Green Fair is back, and the Mike Novak Show is part of it. We'll be broadcasting from the DuPage County Fairgrounds on Saturday, September 30th at 10 a.m. This year, the Green Fair features a free recycling extravaganza, eco-lifestyle workshops, goats, chickens, beekeeping demos, STEM activities for kids, a farmer's market, food vendors, and more. Peggy and I love Scarce, so come out and be part of the fun. Go to scarce.org for details, and we'll see you there. Being a meteorologist, you see things daily that can be related or not related to climate change. And then you separate that from the climate science and the social policies. So it's almost like teaching three classes. The meteorology, which is short-term, the climate, which is long-term, and then the policy, which is government, whether or not it's federal, state, or local. I'm meteorologist Rick DeMaio. Stick around for some more insight into weather and climate on WCGO 1590, Chicago's Smart Talk. What is this, anyhow? This is your talk. This is America, Jack. On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, and uh, we're uh, just uh, here figuring out uh, what's going on. Oh, I'm sorry. That was me. Oh, that was you. That okay. was me, Brandon. <laughs> I, my, apologize, my apologies to Brandon. I'm waving at him and saying, bring the music down, and guess what? I'm controlling it on this end. But he brought it down anyway. See, that's how good he is. <laughs> He's, he, just, he just rolls with it. So. And, and when was Hurricane Michael? One in 2000 and one in 2012. 
So we've had two, and neither they've both been duds, huh? Okay. All right. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> so let's go to a Peggy. We need a Hurricane Peggy. We'll we'll figure out if we can do one of those. Uh, we're very happy to have back on the program this morning Juanita Irizari, who is the executive director of Chicago's Friends of the Parks. Juanita, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Uh, you're a busy gal, aren't you? Just a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. I mean, the last time, you've been on a couple of times now, and and we're happy to, to keep following this saga, and it is a saga because, uh, um, you know, the uh, uh, Obamas want to bring the Presidential Library and Center to Chicago, which is a wonderful thing. And uh, as you pointed out, you're very happy to have that happen. I'm very happy to have that happen. I think it's a great thing. The site, on the other hand, is is sometimes another matter. Uh, and um, right now, it, it it looks like it's it's pretty much a done deal that it's going to be in Jackson Park. Uh, and now it's the details, isn't it? It's it's meetings about. Um, which roads are going to be closed, what kind of a parking structure might be there, um, where, where, you know, what other, what's going to be turned into a park, what, what is uh, not, uh, and on and on and, and on. who's paying for it. And who's paying for it, especially. Right. Yes, exactly. And who's paying. And that's, that's actually a huge question, isn't it? Uh, one of the great articles I read, and I think I found it because of some of the stuff you sent me, Juanita, was... Um, the Tribune uh, started asking, Chicago Tribune started asking, okay, you got all this stuff, but there's all this ancillary uh, uh, construction and moving stuff around that's going to cost money, and nobody's looking at those costs. They look at the primary issues, for instance, um, the golf course, and a lot of that apparently is going to be paid for if it happens it privately but then there's the idea well you got to move people under the roads there who's paying for that and that seems to be the sneaky little uh back project that is very typical of chicago that gets thrown into uh the citizens laps uh, the taxpayers laps and then suddenly um you know you wonder why they can't balance the budget so let's let's start here juanita uh, about give us a status report on uh, where we stand with the Obama Library, the Obama Presidential Center, uh, a- as you see it. And I know there was a meeting on Thursday. Maybe you can sort of pick up from there. Sure. Uh, you know, Friends of the Parks had been um, very much calling for a comprehensive planning process to make sure that kind of the public was presented with all the different elements related to the possible revitalization project. Um, in Jackson Park. And um, a few weeks ago, the Chicago Department of Transportation had a couple of meetings to talk about the proposed road closures. And then just this past week, the Obama Foundation followed up with their own meeting, which I would call more of a pep rally, um, (laughs) to kind of encourage folks towards supporting um, all the things that they want to do in the park. You know, um, so, and that's actually kind of kind of what the Tribune called it too. Apparently, there was a marching band, and they were they were giving handing out buttons with sayings of uh, Barack Obama's. I mean, it did it did sound a little rah rah sis boom ba. Yeah, it really was. Um, you know, and it was fun, and it's moving, and you know, I was there, and I certainly can get excited about all the neat things that um, I come to Chicago because of this library, um, the programs we want to have for kids, the citizen engagement that they want to promote. And all of those things are wonderful. And, and we, Friends of the Parks, are thrilled to you know celebrate our, our president from Chicago, our first African-American president. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't ask questions mm-hmm. and hold um, both the Obama Foundation and the Park District and the city accountable for costs and for, you know, the questions that they need to answer to the public. Right. All right. So let's let's continue with this then. So you have this presentation. And from what I read about it, because I was not there and I saw some clips on television and I read some stories about it, uh, there were really uh, very uh, sensible questions being asked. Let me let me put it that way. And one of the questions 
uh, was about something called community benefits, and uh, uh, is was there going to be a community benefits agreement? And mm-hmm. that, and I assume that that does not affect the friends of the parks so much because you're you're looking at how the park area is is used, and and frankly, that's why you're on the show, and that's why we're covering covering it because it's about a natural area or a park area. Um, yeah. And we have our concerns about how those things get used. But there were uh, there were folks saying, hey, are you going to sign a document that says that the community will benefit from this? And, and uh, President Obama said, no, we're not. And basically, he said, that's because we're a not for profit uh, organization. And if there were a for profit organization coming on, we would do that. But we're not going to do that. Um, so that, that was disappointing to a number of people, wasn't it? And a little surprising. Yeah. You know, the, the folks from the, the community benefits agreement or CBA coalition have been trying for a good while to get conversations directly with the Obama foundation and they have been um, pretty much rebuffed. And I will say we have been directly, um, connected with them because one of their points in their, um, CBA demands is actually, um, for green space and sustainability and replacement of the acreage that the Obama presidential center will take up, um, in the park. You know, they're also concerned about jobs and housing, um, and you know, how the, the presidential center will impact, um, the surrounding community. Um, so, you know, they're kind of looking at this holistically, but the the president's response to them directly um, during the um, event this week was to say, you know, we don't want to be um, kind of tied down by a small group of people. Um, we intend to make this whole thing about the benefit of the community. Um, and while I, you know, like to believe that that is the intention um, of the Obamas, yeah, there's a lot of tension in the community about who really is the community. Is it the the black elite? Is it the black working class? And that's that's part of the the challenge. And so um, these you know folks who make up the the CBA coalition are continuing to fight. They had camped out um, before the meeting, and I know that they're continuing to struggle um, to get some kind of. Um, concessions um, from the Obama Foundation, and 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 to be fair to the Obamas as well, um, he, uh, he made a really good point. Uh, our former president, which is, all kinds of groups can spring up ad hoc and whatnot, and which ones is he supposed to write agreements with? And and that's that's part of the the issue as well. Who's a legitimate organization? Mm-hmm. Um, and there could be dozens of them, and then that would just grind things to a complete halt at some point. So it's, a, it's a, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of different groups in the community that have different points of view, many of whom, you know, are hoping to get some benefit for themselves and their stakeholders um, in the community. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I would hope that the Obama Foundation could figure out a way to, to kind of write a broad sweeping CBA that is not necessarily about any one organization, but is a broad commitment to the folks who live. You know, that's a that's a really good point because they're they're pretty smart people. Yes, they can do that. So, um, but they're probably going to stand their ground on that. Who knows what'll happen? But so let's get to the issue of the park itself because that's why you're here and that's why we're discussing that on this particular show. And that is to say. Uh, Jackson Park is the site you have fought, and you continue to say, uh, friends of the uh, the parks, continue to say, we'd rather it not be done in one of our already established parks, but if it's going to be, we'd like to uh, have the the impact uh, be minimal. Uh, so where do we stand in that regard? Well, you know, the, the Obama Foundation and, and CDOT and the city are saying things that sound good in terms of an intent to replace um, the green space that is taken up. Um, the Obama Foundation, however, has to go back to the city and the city's plan commission um, for approval as it puts forward a revised plan from what they originally got um approved by city council. Um, And so this new plan, uh, we will watch very closely to make sure that they make the same commitment that they had before to actually replace the acreage that they're taking up. But there's, you know, there's a few wrinkles in that. You know, one of the conversations that's going on right now is about the parking garage that they have proposed for the Midway Plaisance. 
And, you know, when we first heard them talk about it, it sounded like they intended to make a hill so that it looked like a hill kind of covering up what was um, parking beneath that, but that it would look like a natural area. Um, but when we saw the actual pictures of it, it's just a box. It's a garage above ground with a green roof on it. And they're kind of trying to play that off as if it's green space. And we just don't agree with that. Yikes. Well, yeah, and that that was a kind of surprise. And as uh, you and I have actually talked about, Juanita, uh, there's an example, a really great example of how it can work, and that's Millennium Park, Mm -hmm. which is a garage with green space above it that people walk on every day. And most people don't realize, they don't think about it, even though they've parked right below, that, that there is a parking lot underneath. But that's not what's being proposed in Jackson Park at the moment. And that's park space versus just a green roof on a raised structure. Exactly. Although I read something about how they said, well, there'll be a playground up there. I'm thinking, and how do people get there? Uh, And who's going to bring their kids up there? Yeah. It just seems odd to me, uh, Juanita. Yeah, I'd be interested in hearing them talk more about why not underground. I mean, the Museum of Science and Industry, not far away. Um, did put their parking underground after we, among other folks, you know, pushed them to not have so much impact with cars um, parked above ground. Um, so, you know, I haven't heard them say whether it's an issue of the water table or an issue of cost that they don't want to put it underground. But it, I don't think um, we or Chicagoans in general are ready to kind of let them off with the answers they've given us so far. Um, but even then, there are folks who question whether Really, there need to be quite as many cars coming to that area, and what is the impact in terms of traffic, whether you put it underground or above ground? Yeah, and uh, let me ask you, sign. I'm not aware of this, but uh, when they said they were going to put the parking garage in the Plaisance, uh, was that new as well? I mean, it seems like it's taking up yet more park space. Right. They, originally, I think they imagined it to go underneath um, some of the buildings that they intend to put in Jackson Park, and they... They did then say they had a couple of different ideas, um, and when the president first um, announced it, it didn't sound like the Obama Foundation was planning to pay for the garage Mm -hmm. itself. Um, And (laughs) then they came back and said that they are uh, intending to, you know, include that in the money that they're going to raise. But there have been changes along the way in different iterations. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And so I think it's important that we all keep poking and asking questions if we're not satisfied with the answers. Yeah. All right. Uh, the other thing, uh, so we've so we've got that, and now we're, we're we're still talking about the road closures through Jackson Park and the the effect that's going to have. I'm hearing that Lakeshore Drive might be widened uh, to make up for that. Uh, where does that stand, yeah. Juanita? Yeah. So the 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 last we have heard at the open houses that uh, CDOT hosted was that there would be some additional lanes, um, a lane uh, going southbound, if I remember correctly, on uh, Lakeshore Drive, and then a lane added also on Stony Island Mm -hmm. um, to help with traffic flow since they intend to close part of Cornell Drive and parts of some other uh, streets in the park. They say that in the end they will actually give us three to five more acres of green space um, because what they're adding is not as much as what they will be, you know, covering over and putting new park space in. So, you know, that that sounds nice um, from a green space point of view. Mm-hmm. What was that? Oh, no, go ahead. Yeah. And, you know, it sounds good from a green space point of view. I'm, I'm quite sure there are still conversations going on, um, focus groups with community folks around the traffic patterns and, you know, obviously the traffic is going to go somewhere else. It's not just going to disappear. So what side streets are going to end up with more traffic going down them because there aren't as many other options. Those conversations certainly are still happening, and, and I think we've yet to see exactly all of the, the the total outcomes of that. I find that interesting because it seems to me traffic planners uh, should have their finger on exactly how traffic is going to work and how it's going to be altered and how to fix it. I mean, these are people who who study this every day, uh, and it and it sounds like it's almost uh, winging it at yeah. the, at the, this yeah. point. Yeah, and are the right people being brought in? The right yeah, planners. Well, we, 
we have said that it's happening uh, quite quickly um, relative to some of the other planning that we've seen, for example, along North Lakeshore Drive, where mm -hmm. they're envisioning um, changes that will impact the parkland around it. And that's a many years process. Um, it, it's not hard to imagine in this case that there were already some decisions made about they want what they wanted to do, and then they're working backwards to demonstrate exactly. that it'll work. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's been, you know, one of the, the, the pushbacks that they've heard is that, okay, this is really already a done deal, and now you're just trying to convince us that it's fine. All right. That's Juanita Irizarry. She is executive director of Friends of the Parks. We're talking about Parkland in Chicago and, and what happens to it when the Obama Presidential Center shows up uh, in just a couple of years. Uh, we're going to continue this 847-475-1590 if you want to contribute. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. The Green Living Expo returns to McHenry County College on Saturday, November 4th, and this 10th anniversary celebration is going to be pretty special. For starters, there will be two fully decorated and locally owned tiny homes on display, the award-winning traveling exhibit Sustainable Choices, and area college and university solar and super mileage team race cars. Visit the Living Lightly Tent, where innovators share their energy savings inventions with you. Of course, more than 70 green exhibits and vendors of all kinds, including invited artists who will be displaying and selling their sustainable creations. Did I mention the Green Living Expo is free and open to the public? And Peggy and I will be there. McHenry County College, Saturday, November 4th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Go to mchenry.edu slash greenexpo or contact the MCC Office of Sustainability at 815-479-7765. Let's face it, sometimes we overdo physical activity. That's when to give Dr. Bonnie Flaster a call. Dr. Flaster is a chiropractor who treats back and neck pain, but addresses foot, knee, shoulder, and wrist pain, too, all with gentle, non-force adjustments. And she'll talk to you about your problems and work with you to devise the best treatment strategy. Find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. Hi, I'm Peggy, and I publish Natural Awakenings Magazine. And for seven years, we've been helping Chicagoans to lead healthier, happier lives. Each month, our readers enjoy new information about integrative health and wellness, local foods, raising healthy kids and pets, helping our environment, and living a more sustainable life. Get your free copy of Natural Awakenings in more than 1,100 locations throughout city and suburbs, or visit us at nachicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. This is your talk. One of the few true originals of our time. On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're very Pleased to have once again on the program, and I want to thank you, Juanita. It's Juanita Irizarry from uh, Friends of the Parks, and uh, we're talking about the Obama Library. And I wanted what I wanted to thank you for is I went to the Friends of the Parks website and saw that uh, you had linked uh, uh, one of our previous conversations there. So thank you uh, very much for that. Um, yeah, happy to do that. Uh, you've, and you're getting a lot of press about this, and rightly so. People, <laughs> there needs to be some transparency here, and and that that's that's the key issue here in all of this. It, it in, in a sense, it's even not about the parkland, though. That's your mission. Uh, the broader picture, the bigger picture, is the transparency. How? What are the 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 citizens of Chicago getting? Uh, and what do they know about it ahead of time, and, and how much decision-making is involved? Do they get to have a say in this? And we know how the city of Chicago works, and we talked about it uh, on this program before with you, which is yeah. backroom deals are made, and then they present them as a done deal, say, mm -hmm. hey, you're going to love it, and then it's a parking meter thing, and, and now we're in hock for billions of dollars over 75 mm -hmm. years, and that's the way the city of Chicago works. What's the phrase, keep your eye on the prize? Well, that's what, yeah, yeah. it's Rahm Emanuel yep. saying, keep your eye on the prize. I'll tell you what the prize is, is transparency. Yep. The prize is getting a good deal for the city of Chicago. And Rahm Emanuel keeps saying, keep your eyes on the prize. Like, 
And in his world, it's my buddy Obama mm-hmm. needs this library, and you need to give him everything he wants. And our 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 idea of the prize is we want to have the library. Great idea. Bring it to the city now. Let's work it out so that everybody benefits from this mm-hmm. and not just the Obamas. And and don't get me wrong, I thought he was a terrific president. I wish he were still president. But um it but we need this is this is different. This is a different deal. And I'm with you, Juanita, in that I don't like to see our parks taken away from us in land grabs and this i'm sorry it's a land grab it really is now i know you don't use that phrase and so i'm not putting it in your mouth i'm putting it in my mouth mike novak i'm saying it's a land grab and we have to uh reduce the impact of it as much as we can at this point because they are going to take part of jackson park so that takes us to the golf course and this idea for this, and in my mind, this is boondoggle city. Mm-hmm. This is nutty. This idea that you can put this $30, $40 million, whatever they're going to do, golf course there, championship golf course that, first of all, is going to wreak havoc with the area and transportation and whatnot. And second, nobody in that area is going to be able to play it because it's going to be way too expensive. I know I'm a golfer. I know how this works, okay? I don't think Rom golfs, and if he does, they pay, somebody pays for it every time he goes out. Um, I pay for golf. I know how expensive it is. I know what this means. It means none of the people who live in that area will be able to play that golf course. So that's why I think it's crazy. Uh, but as you mentioned to me, it seems to be on a different track than the Obama, it's some people would like to tie them together. I think Rahm Emanuel would like to tie those two together, but they're really separate issues, aren't they, Juanita? Yeah, it, it's a little bit muddy. It's hard to tell kind of which ideas came from which spaces, um, but we do see that they're on a different timeline in terms of getting approved. Um, it looks like the Obama Foundation is pushing to get all the things that are specifically Obama Presidential Center approved by the city. Um, this fall, and it looks like the uh, things with the golf course might be on a little bit slower course than that. And we think that's good because we think there's still a lot to vet and a lot of information the public hasn't seen about the cost, about public accessibility, about what the actual footprint will be and what that means for other amenities in the park that might need to be moved somewhere else. Yeah, so that that's... Are there going to be separate meetings about the golf course or when the park district meets and and we're going to talk about that and they're they're about to have a couple of meetings uh, at the end of this month. Are they going to be talking about that as well? That's right. So there were a couple of meetings that were specifically Chicago Department of Transportation and now coming up on 25th and the 27th, there are uh, meetings that are specifically hosted um, by the park district. And they will to be um, to gather feedback from residents on the current conditions of Jackson Park and South Shore Parks, which certainly would relate to the golf course. It's not exclusively about the golf course, um, but the golf course is definitely one of the big questions. But uh, and are they also going to be talking about the Obama Center in those meetings? I, I don't think they will talk super specifics about the architecture or the landscape architecture, but it's obviously all interrelated. But these will be specific Chicago Park District um, mm-hmm. staff, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Obama Foundation, you know, staff are also available. <laughs> you wouldn't be surprised at all. Neither would yeah. I. Uh, so, just to let folks know, the Park mm-hmm. District is having a hearing for. First of all, they're having a hearing for the 2018 budget next Tuesday. Okay. This coming Tuesday. Yeah, mm-hmm. this coming Tuesday, September 19th, at Fosco Park. Uh, right. Registration is at 5.30 p.m. Where's Fosco exactly? It's kind of a little Italy area, um, Racine, uh, there's 1312 uh, South Racine. Okay. And uh, that starts at 6 p.m., registration at 5.30. Then uh, the meeting specifically about the South Side Parks uh, on the 25th, uh, which is a Thursday, there will be a meeting at the South Shore Cultural Center, and then two days later, another meeting also at the South Shore uh, Cultural Center, right? They've actually changed the second one to oh. the Sony Islands Art Bank. Okay, thank you for um, telling me that. Yeah, and actually, 
there was originally another meeting scheduled for the 21st. And so if people are confused, it's because it's confusing. Um, but the 21st is Rosh Hashanah, so they decided they shouldn't mm-hmm. have a public meeting on that day. Um, so they've got the 25th and the 27th. So the 25th is at the South Shore Cultural Center, and the 27th is at Stony Island Arts Bank, which is 6760 South Stony Island. So uh, anybody, the public's welcome, right, to uh, to Absolutely. these meetings? Um, yeah, and they're 4 p.m. to 8 p.m., and there'll be open houses where you don't have to be there for the whole time. You'd be able to go around and look at some of the drawings and the maps and information that they have and, and talk talk to staff. So uh, to wrap up here, I, I, there's a, a lot going on. There are more meetings. You generally would like to see this slow down a little bit, wouldn't you? Yes, we think the, the, the slower it goes, the more likely it is we get more real answers um, and more of the public gets to have a voice in the process. <laughs> And the public, believe me, has gotten wind of all of this, and they are uh, having their say, but it is important that folks show up to meetings. I'm going to um, I'm hoping to be there on the 25th uh, to see what's going on at the South Shore Cultural Center. Um, and um, and there will be more, obviously. And the I keep your eye on the prize, folks. And mm-hmm. the prize is transparency. The prize is a good deal for all of the citizens of Chicago, specifically for those people in that part of Chicago. But, you know, if you're a resident, that's your park, no matter where you are in the city of Chicago. All the parks belong to all the people. And uh, you, you need to have a say in all of this. And if you want more information about this, you can go to Friends of the Parks. Uh, and that is FOTP.org. And what I would advise is, is where I'm getting a lot of this information, and you will be might be happy to know this, Juanita, is those e-blasts you've been sending out. Uh, mm-hmm. I've, been, I've been saving those, uh, and, and whoever's putting them together, I don't know if it's you or somebody else, and you list all these different articles on there and all the information that's coming out, uh, it's really very useful, very, very Great. helpful. So great. Yep. We've got a team of us trying to keep an eye on it all and, and get it out to the public so people can follow along. Well, you're welcome back on the show anytime. Uh, whenever you have an update, uh, we're uh, we're very eager to help and uh, and make sure that our parks are protected. And uh, thank you so much for being with us again today. Thanks so much for the invitation. Good to be with you. All right. Uh, I will see you on the 25th. I'm pretty sure. Sounds good. All right. All right. T- take care, Juanita. Take care. Bye bye. Uh, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We, we've got a few minutes here before we get to uh, Mr. DeMaio and everything. And there are a couple other things going on that we wanted to uh, to talk about. <laughs> Even Brandon looked at that and went, what was that? What was that? That was weird, wasn't it? Uh, it, it, it had too much garlic last night in the microphones uh, or something. Burr, burr, <laughs> burr. Um, in case you didn't notice, <laughs> it's uh, it's been dry. It's been really dry. It's been really dry. So you gardeners out there, I'm I'm just this is sort of like switching gears here. Not quite a 180. It's like well, a, we go back to the to the <coughs> acorn discussion. Should I, should I drop some more acorns? Yeah, and by the, the way, those those actually are bur oaks and not white oaks. I I don't know my own trees. I have white oaks too, but that's the bur oak. Well, how did you just figure that out? I just took a mental yard tour. Oh, you went through your head and went, no, those aren't white yeah, oaks. Yeah, that's the wrong tree. Those are bur oaks. Yeah, so those are the bur oaks. Okay. So, white oaks came so down you're, earlier, you're telling but... people if they want to start planting uh, bur oaks, you've got I seeds. I have lots of them. you got lots of acorns. Okay. <laughs> Anybody want acorns, I will gather them up. You can stop by the studio next week and get them. Uh, we got a couple of minutes here. Uh, I just want to let you know it's been dry, so you got to start paying attention. i got the uh, plant health care report from the Morton Arboretum, uh, and they say that... Uh, you know, you got to remember we had lots of we had flooding rains in the spring, but those are a, they're a memory mm-hmm. now in a lot of places. And they say uh, because the rain has been so inconsistent, you need to observe the soil in your own yard. If soil is dry, you should be watering, even if the soils were saturated three months ago or two months ago. It's what about it's what do the plants need right now? So as we go into autumn, pay attention to that. It is important. For you to keep the soil moist, and as I say, especially if you've got new trees 
mm-hmm. uh, or new plants that you are trying to get through into the winter? Why, why are you uh, laughing at me? Well, I no, I'm not laughing at you. I like the way that they phrase, though. Newly planted trees and shrubs do not need to be watered every day. That is good for puppies, but not for trees. Yes, I did like that. Thank you. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, and uh, Rick will be telling us a little more about that. But first of all, I want to tell you about some of the species you're seeing right now. Some seem to get a bad rap. There's Solidago, or Solidago, if you're in the Midwest, I guess. You know it as goldenrod. If you live near a field, you might Mm -hmm. see a lot of it at this time of year. And if you sneeze a lot, you might point your finger and say, Mm -hmm. J'accuse, but you would be wrong, you silly person, you. It's not the goldenrod that is making you sneeze. It's ragweed, which Mm -hmm. just happens to bloom at the same time, Uh, which one of the things you'll find out in Chicagoland Gardening Magazine this month. Goldenrod is actually a pretty terrific plant. You'll find out more. There's also my column on the inside back page of each issue. It has no redeeming qualities. It just makes you sneeze. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of State by State. Go to ChicagolandGardening.com or call 888-265-3600, 888-265-3600. Rick DeMaio Weather is next. Are you ready to make a positive change in the world around you? One that's easy and creates beauty. Make the switch to native plants, natural communities' native plants. Enjoy the elegance of nature, the birds, the pollinators, and yes, even monarch butterflies, without the excessive maintenance and without pesticides. Natives create food for pollinators and birds, offset climate change, cleanse water, reduce floodwaters, and they look great. Natural Communities has more than 200 species of affordable woodland, wetland, and prairie plants, as well as shrubs, trees, and seeds native to the Midwest. And now is the time to get those plants established in your yard for a head start next year. Go to naturalcommunities.net. And if you use the word NOVAK, N-O-W-A-K, at checkout, you'll get 10% off your purchase until October 1st. Don't just get back to nature. Create it in your own backyard. Go to naturalcommunities.net. If you're looking to invest in an electrical car or truck, make sure to hire a state-licensed electrical contract. The installation of that charger will require a permit in most municipalities. So make sure to check the ICC website for a certified contractor at icc.illinois.gov. You can also call DNR Services Unlimited. They've been a licensed electrical contractor since 1992. Visit their website at restorethenorthshore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at MikeNow. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, mike at mikenovak.net. Speaking of the website, podcasts and blog posts are available every week at mikenovak.net. And while you're there, sign up for those posts and our newsletter on the homepage. And please support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at mikenovak.net. This is your talk. Do you read me? On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Come on, is anybody even out there? The name of this song is Bean Time. (laughs) You would never know it from the song itself, but there it is. And it's not Bean Time because they're done, basically. We've our, our, actually our plant is still yeah. trying to produce some beans. Still picking. We some. missed most. Oh my! We we had so many beans that we didn't get to, and then they got too thick and old, and now they're they're useless when they get to that point. So, throw them in soup or something. Uh, we tried a little bean thing. So, oh, have, you, have we got uh, Mr. Demile there? Well, that's good. Let's bring in meteorologist uh, Rick Demile. How you doing this morning? Mike, I'm doing fine. My parents got their power back. Uh, let's see, what's today? Saturday, uh, Thursday. Good. They were out. Yeah, that, what's that? I said good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the first thing my mother did was uh, laundry <laughs> and uh, cleaned out the freezer because the freezer didn't hold oh. the temperature. So Yikes. All of, all of my dad's Klondike bars melted. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, oh, oh. so. Oh, no. So, I'm so um, sorry. Yeah, no, no Klondikes for Bernie. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, but but did they stay? Where 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 are your folks located? Uh, they're in the villages, which is Lake County, which is um pretty much between Ocala and Orlando. Um, and oddly enough, the eye went right over them. Hmm. 
so they had wind gusts to about 70 miles an hour for about three or four hours. Mm. And um, it was a little bit nerve-wracking because, you know, early in the morning, uh, the track was to take the hurricane generally along the coast, uh, basically go right over the top of Fort Myers, uh, and then kind of go over the Tampa area, but it wobbled a little bit. And that little bit was about 30 or 40 miles. And uh, that was enough to kind of put a lot of people uh, into a nervous panic because there was some wind gusts on the north end of that eye. They were gusting over 100. Uh, but thankfully, because it did kind of travel more inland, uh, there wasn't as much of a surge. Uh, but as you saw what happened with Jacksonville, that further press inland, you know, caused them to have uh, more storm surge, mainly because mm-hmm. it occurred during high tide on Monday. So, you know, it, it, it's interesting, Mike, and take it. You know, so much effort is put into trying to forecast um, that skinny little black line. And, you know, the the National Hurricane Center posts that skinny little black line, which is the track. Right. And then they put the cone. And everybody focuses on that skinny little black line. And, of course, when they put that out, they go, don't focus on the skinny little black line. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so don't put it out because we know that it's going to wobble a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the wobble and the timing could be any, you know, could mean the difference between no storm surge in Tampa and record storm surge um, in Jacksonville and incredible amount of beach erosion in the Savannah and Charleston area. I mean, I have to send you guys some pictures, but there was more beach erosion in the Charleston area with this storm as a tropical storm than there was when Hurricane Matthew brought up the coast of the Category 3. So, again, it all depends on... The timing, the storm surge um, is going to be impacted by high tide uh, or low tide mm-hmm. or whether or not you're on the east side of the storm or the west side of the storm. So it's almost like meteorologists are trying too much to figure, you know, all the little things out with these hurricanes. Um, and you know, we can do them sometimes when it hits the coast at a certain angle. But, man, when you're putting this right up the, you know, the spine of the fourth largest populated country, uh, state in the country – you got a lot of challenges against you, and I think sometimes we we kind of paint ourselves in the corner, and that was, I think, the case with Irma. Well, you you don't have much of a choice because you guys knew it was going to go up Florida. You didn't know exactly where, um, and it's your job to to make sure people have the best information. And, and yeah, you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. <laughs> yeah, and, you're exactly right, yeah. Uh, and, and so... But but you have to do it. You have to kind of give people the parameters. And and to some degree, it's their own fault if they're not reading it correctly. Because as you said, the the forecasters are saying, there's the line. Don't look at the line. Yeah. Look there's at the, the cone, there's, but it may look, go elsewhere. Yeah, look at the cone. <laughs> right. But everybody yeah, but, wants an instant answer. That's the right. part of the problem. And, and, I, and, I, and I think what we need to do to solve that problem, Peg, is maybe not have the line, but maybe have somewhat like a dashed wide line. Um, that goes horizontal instead of vertical um, in certain situations, and maybe we would give people um, better forecasts. But um, before we say no more hurricanes, because I'm pretty much ermered out, uh, <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we, if that's the word, uh, you know, we got Jose, uh, which is going to become a Category 1 hurricane. I think it has actually already mm-hmm. done that. Yeah, it hasn't done that. Um, it's moving kind of the same place that, the perfect storm did back in the 90s, which is sitting right off the coast of Long Island. So even if even if this does not hit the coast, um, it's going to sit there for about two or three days and create just incredible swells. Um, it's in that perfect spot where you get that long stretch of east-northeast winds. And when you do that, you're basically dragging the water along the coast from Montauk into Coney Island and Sandy Hook and then down into Cape May. So it's it's the perfect setup for uh, beach erosion. So all the beach erosion that took place, you know, with Hurricane Sandy, you know, five years ago was going to happen again with this storm. And then before we say goodbye to Jose, um, there's a new tropical storm which has a 90% chance of developing, uh, and this should be Hurricane Lee, and it has it going basically right into the Carolinas um, in about seven days. So the pattern is beginning to reflect very much like what we saw back in 2004, 2005. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually in the process of putting together a winter outlook. And what I'm doing is I'm actually comparing the overall global surface temperatures 
um, sea surface temperature, that is, with 2004-2005. And there's some comparisons that are literally exactly the same, which is the developing La Nina, but the one part that is not is the very warm water um, across parts of the northwest Pacific, which has been giving you know that part of the country mm-hmm. incredibly warm mm-hmm. weather. So even though we talk about how La Nina give us certain types of winter weather, you can't just say that area is going to do this. All of a sudden, some other players are coming into effect, and uh, that's the warm water in the Atlantic and also in the North Pacific at this point. Uh, we've only got a couple of minutes here, and I'm looking at the, the, the one map you sent us of the, I think it's Lee, because yeah. it shows it slamming, yeah. slamming yeah. into the coast there. That's not good. But that could change, obviously, as you know. Uh, we're, yeah, ignore that straight line. We're a, we're a long way up. But, <laughs> yeah, but it's been it's been very consistent over the last three or four days, guys. That's, uh, the, that's the scary part. Yeah. Very wow. consistent. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's get to our weather real quick. It's, oh my God! <laughs> it's, it's awfully dry. Oh, dry is. I mean, it's amazing how things have gone from soaking wet to you can't buy a drop of rain. Um, and not only that, but we've been cool, and I think the cool weather has um, actually saved us a little bit. And I was talking to a farmer up in southern Wisconsin yesterday, and he said, yeah, but those morning temperatures that we've been cool, we've had a lot of fog, and that's actually kept, you know, the moisture into the ground, which is kind of nice. You kind of see, you know, some of that moisture trying to evapotranspire out of the ground and giving us a lot of fog. But, man, we, we were, you know, the last two weeks were anywhere between 4 and 5 degrees below normal, uh, we're about 25% of normal rainfall in the last 30 days. And we only have maybe another, you know, quarter inch coming at us over the next two weeks. So we're literally be going, we'll, we'll literally be heading into the month of October um, in a drought. Now, a couple of things. I know we don't have a lot of time here. But I really think, guys, this is going to give us an absolutely fantastic fall foliage. The trees are very healthy from the greens, um, from the rain that we had. It's been a very long process of warm weather, dry weather, but not excessively hot. So we can have a pretty good fall foliage and then basically dry weather in the next um, pretty much eight to ten days. Wow. wow. Okay, but we'll look forward. To the, the upside is the colors, which uh, are out already. And yeah, and I think we're we'll, out already. I got a feeling we'll be talking about this dry weather for a few weeks to come. So thanks much, Rick DeMaio. We'll talk to you next Enjoy week. Enjoy the eighties. <laughs> All right. Bye bye. I also want to thank Juanita Irizarry from Friends of the Parks. We're back tomorrow at 9 a.m. Until then, go green or go home. Uh, Stadler? Uh, What? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.